everyone and welcome to my podcast, Postpartum Diaries. I'm your host, Kirsten Eads. Bear with me here as this is my first attempt at a podcast and I'm a little bit more nervous than I expected to be. Um, I'm also not the biggest fan of the sound of my voice when it's recorded, but here we go. A little bit of background about me. I'm 28 years old and I currently live in East Peoria, Illinois which is about three hours south of Chicago. My husband, Matt, and I have been together for the past seven years, and we got married two years ago in the summer of 2016. I'm a first-time stay-at-home mom to my sweet and beautiful son, Lucas. He just turned six months old this weekend, which breaks my heart. Um, His sweet smile is literally everything to me the reason I get up in the morning and I am so lucky that I get to be his mom. I decided to develop postpartum diaries to start the conversation about the physical and mental struggles women go through with pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum issues. Of course everyone is different and these issues aren't one size fits all However, I want to share some of the things that I have struggled with in the hopes that other women can relate and understand that you truly are not alone. Um, I would like to start off um, discussing postpartum depression. For the purposes of this podcast, I want to tell you about my personal experiences with postpartum depression for me, I was experiencing roller coaster emotions, anxiety, insomnia, and a complete lack of energy. Unfortunately, there is still such a stigma that surrounds mental health issues of any kind in this country. The way PPD is addressed needs to change in order for women to get the real help that they need. It's scary. And if you've never experienced these thoughts or these emotions, you're truly lucky. Moms are presented with this Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale screening at your well baby checkups at the pediatrician's office for, they told me, up to the first two years of your child's life. However, I know for a couple of reasons that no one answers that screening with complete honesty. First of all, because the questions are a little bit ridiculous. Of course, I'm overwhelmed more than usual. My child is completely dependent on me for everything, and I've never done this before. Yes, things are getting on top of me more than they used to because I have a hundred more things to do every day that I never had to do before. I'm still adjusting and trying my best to use my time as efficiently as possible. Second of all, there's a real fear of being reported to child services or the police if your score on the screening is high enough to cause concern for the nurses or the doctor at the pediatrician's office or at your gynecologist. Instead of being referred to someone for help with PPD, Women are labeled as potentially dangerous because their scores have increased with their honest answers. A specific example of this happening is Jessica Porton, 
who's a 27-year-old mother from California and had a four-month-old baby. She made international headlines early this year when she shared her story about being escorted by police to the hospital after having a discussion with her nurse practitioner about her PPD symptoms. She expected to be given options for treatment, and instead she was taken by police to her local hospital. This event sparked outrage, as you can probably imagine, in conversation all over social media about how can moms be honest about their symptoms and ask for help when it escalates to that point. I spoke with my own doctor about some of the PPD-related issues I was having about four months after Luke was born. I told her I was struggling to regulate my emotions and my energy was practically non-existent. I assumed a lot of these issues were hormonal and she decided to test my thyroid. The results came back normal and shortly after that she recommended that I try a low-dose antidepressant. Zoloft. I voiced my concerns to her about how quickly my body adjusts to medication and the fact that I did not want to be all zoned out when I'm the primary caregiver for my son. She basically told me, well, just try it and see how it goes. Clearly, that left me with little to no confidence whatsoever. Within about two weeks of taking the Zoloft, I had some of the worst nightmares I've ever had in my life. I mean, pregnancy dreams were bad. A lot of them were really, really weird and have no idea where they came from. But these nightmares had me waking up in tears and they felt so real and so scary. I have never had in my life these kind of dreams. And I had already also lost a considerable amount of weight on this drug and I still don't even know why that was happening so I weaned myself off of it right away I just I couldn't deal with it and if the side effects are going to be that bad I might as well just deal with the symptoms instead I'm a strong strong believer in chiropractic care and I probably should have went to my chiropractor first Um, because she has a more holistic approach and um, will give me adjustments and supplements. And I'm going to go see her a couple times in the next few weeks. And I'll definitely follow up with all of you once I've seen her a couple of times. But I want to move on to the issue of learning to love your body. This was such a struggle for me um, because... I was such a small person before I got pregnant. I weighed less than 100 pounds. I was trying to gain the weight so I could be at my ultimate health in order to actually conceive. And once I found out I was pregnant, I was 94 pounds and truly concerned about being able to carry my child to full term with my small frame. And I was also really worried about having a high-risk pregnancy and a higher chance of having a C-section. I did eat constantly when I was pregnant, um, pretty much 24-7. And I was often running down a Taco Bell at midnight or telling my husband to pick me up some Laffy Taffies and Skittles on his way home from work. 
Um, I did gain 40 pounds during my pregnancy. Um, and I also went up five bra sizes from being completely flat chested to almost a 36B was like an overnight transformation for me. And you don't realize how uncomfortable boobs truly are when you don't have them your whole life. And then all of a sudden, here they are. Um, I slept on the couch for probably the last two months of my pregnancy just because it was such a struggle to roll myself out of bed every 20 minutes when I had to go pee. Um, so our bed is high up and it was just easier for me to pull myself off the couch because it was lower to the ground and I knew I was going to be getting up anyways. Um, I don't think that there is anything that anyone can say or do to really prepare a woman for the event of giving birth. I recently came across an, a meme on the internet that pretty much hits the nail right on the head. It said, you feel like you were in a car accident and we're sending you home with someone you met five seconds ago who also feels like they've been in a car accident, but here's some mesh panties and a squirt bottle. That pretty much sums it up. I could barely walk. My husband had to help me take a shower. I was learning to nurse and everything, my whole entire body hurt all over and I didn't get any sleep for two days. I expected most of these things. I mean, I'm a I'm a realist. I knew what was coming, but when it it actually set in, the reality of it was so much more dramatic than anything I could have ever anticipated. For me, learning to love my body after my baby was born was a very slow process. I was nursing and I only ended up successfully breastfeeding for three months. Uh, my goal was ultimately to at least make it six. Um, but the pain at first was almost un unbearable. Um, if, I, I, if I didn't have some of the amazing support system that I did have at that time, I would have given up much sooner. Um, I felt swollen and completely unattractive for several months, plus the fact that I wasn't getting any sleep at all. I honestly didn't believe that I would ever be able to wear any of my old clothes or that I would ever even want to have sex again. Honestly, once I stopped nursing, a lot of that um, went away because I lost a ton of water weight and I started to feel a little bit more like my old self. I wish someone would have told me back then that I wouldn't feel that way forever because at the time I was sure I was never going to gain my self-confidence back. Clearly I wasn't going to be able to wear my pre-pregnancy jeans ever again. I was a size zero and I finally had hips and curves for the first time in my life. I wasn't even sad about that. I wanted curves. I always complained. I wish I had curves. I wish I had, you know, a woman's body. But once I started to feel better about my body and I felt a little bit of my old self coming back, my hair started to fall out. And I mean, pulling clumps and clumps of hair out of my head. I'd pull 
a big wad of it out of the shower drain at least three times every time I washed my hair. And it's just, it was disgusting. I hate the way that wet hair feels when you pick it out of the drain. Oh, I have a very thin head of hair too. So I was especially concerned because I can't really afford to lose a lot of hair because there's not that much there to begin with. I told my doctor about my concerns with my hair falling out, and she pretty much just said it's normal. Um, For some women, it's definitely worse than for others, but there's just really nothing you can do. Uh, Eventually, it'll stop, and I didn't find much comfort in that either. Like I said before, my son is six months old now, and my hair is still falling out. Admittedly, my hair is up in a clip or a mom bun 99% of the time anyway, so I guess I can live with it for a while, just hopefully it does stop at some point. Um, Moving on to the subject of mothers working versus staying at home with your children. Before Lucas was born, I was a paralegal in the Peoria, Illinois area for about I'd say about seven years. I worked the typical nine to five. I wore nice dress clothes. I did my makeup every day. And I connected with other young professionals in my in my area. I wouldn't say my job was fun per se, but I was good at it and every day was different. And I always got the chance and opportunity to meet new people. I was working when I found out I was pregnant, actually, and I dropped down from full-time to part-time, and I went down to working 25 hours every week. My husband had just started a new job, and he was completely supportive of me dropping down my hours. Um, I was running out of energy, and just the desire to be at work. Instead of taking six to eight weeks of maternity leave, I took ten because I was just straight up exhausted and the nesting phase was hitting me hard and I just had no, like I said, no desire to be at work. My husband and I have had the daycare conversation many, many times. Neither of us felt comfortable with leaving our child in daycare. At least not when he was that young. I definitely have worse separation anxiety from my child than he does from me. Um, I really don't know how working moms do it all. I just knew that it wasn't something for me. Matt was completely understanding. Um, He didn't pressure me one way or the other. He let me decide for myself what would be best for me because that would be what's best for our family. Um, The cost of daycare was one of the main factors in our decision. I mean, I would literally only be working to pay for his daycare. I don't understand how that would make any sense for me to just go to work and my entire paycheck would just go to his daycare. I'm not contributing to the household. I'm not I mean, to get out of the house, I guess, but to us, it was really an easy choice considering the 
the, just the astronomical cost of daycare now. I will say I was never a homebody before I had Luke. I got cabin fever all the time. And unlike my husband, I didn't want to be stuck in the house all the time. The, the house is Matt's happy place. He loves being here. He works hard all day and he comes home he just wants to relax at his at his house and I remember what that felt like I do but adapting to the stay-at-home mom life is more difficult for some women than others for me I actually became more of a hermit once Luke came into this world I just our home is our happy place and I finally understand where my husband was coming from when he said that um but I will say the lack of human interaction, I guess human adult human interaction, has been pretty devastating for me. Um, the loneliness is, is so real. And my best friends these days are my husband, my son, <laughs> my mother-in-law, and my grandma. It, doesn't, it does make me sad that my friends don't reach out to me knowing that I am home, I'm here. I'd love to have plans if they would just ask, but I have no problem keeping myself busy and just keeping to myself at home. What also comes with my transition from working to staying home full-time is the fact that I'm not financially pitching in anymore. When I worked, I paid half of the household bills, I paid my own car payment, my own car insurance, and I paid my credit card bills. Now, post-baby, we have a dramatic amount of new expenses. Bottles, formula, clothes, diapers, wipes. As you know, the list literally goes on and on and on. Since I'm no longer contributing financially to our household, I feel this immense pressure to be the perfect housewife, to stay on top of daily responsibilities. Um, but the amount of things that we have to do on a daily basis have definitely overwhelmed both me and my husband. Keeping up on clean bottles every single day, taking the garbage out because the dirty diapers are in there and they stink, vacuuming constantly because Luke is starting to crawl, and we actually have two Huskies who pretty much shed year-round. Stretching our grocery bill further than we've ever had to do before. And generally just trying to maintain a clean environment for our child. It really is impossible to do it all. I'm a perfectionist. And I get hard on myself when I don't do the things that I feel like I need to do. But truly, it really is impossible to do everything every day. Um, my husband is extremely helpful. He doesn't complain. He doesn't mind, you know, doing chores. And he doesn't put expectations on me. He doesn't make me feel like I have to do this or I have to do that. And that's all on me. And I know that. But it doesn't make it any easier for me to not put so much pressure on myself. 
my most important job is to keep my son happy and to keep him healthy and just to do the best that I can because we all really are just winging it. I mean, nobody, it doesn't come with a manual to be a parent. You can read as many books as you want. You can prepare yourself in every way, but every child is different and every parent has their own style, their own set of goals, their own set of ideas about how they want their child to succeed in life. And with that being said, I I want you to know that I believe in you. Even if you don't have much faith in yourself at this point in time, being a mother and a wife can be the greatest joys in life. But we all have bad days. I try to remember on those on those days where it feels like everything is just too much and that you're completely and totally failing at everything. I try my best just to think that it's just one day and that tomorrow is going to be a lot better. So with that being said, I want you mamas to hold your babies tight today for tomorrow they'll be one day older. This is Kirsten Eads, and I want to thank you again for tuning into my podcast. Like I said, once I visit my chiropractor, I'll follow up with you guys and let you know what kind of regiment she thinks is going to help me, and hopefully I won't have to worry about the antidepressants, and maybe she can give me some supplements that I can pass on to you. And I just want everyone to know that it's okay to not be perfect because perfection is impossible to achieve sometimes. And if you're doing the best that you can, just give yourself a break, please. You deserve it.